thank you. What a journey it's been as we've made our way through the book of Acts. You know, if you remember, Paul is imprisoned at this time. He is under house arrest in Rome, where he finally made it to Rome. And he's um, not wavering in his faith. Even though he's gone through a lot of hardship, and we've, we've seen as we've traveled with Paul, as we've read through the book of Acts, we've seen him almost stoned and almost killed, and we've seen him be chased out of town, and we've seen him go on random trips, and we've seen him go to be shipwrecked, and we've seen him starving, and we've, we've seen him go through, so, arrested, and so many different things happened to this man. But yet he stays true to the faith, doesn't waver. He's a, he's a strong man. And throughout all of it, he continues to preach the good news of the gospel, the, the good news that Jesus Christ is king. And so he's in Rome and he calls the Jewish leaders together and they arrange to meet with Paul because they want to hear what's going on. They've heard of the sect of Judaism. They're not, it's not Christianity yet. They're a sect of Judaism, but they've, they've begun this journey. It will eventually become Christianity as in Acts chapter 15, they had that you don't have to become Jewish first to believe in Jesus. So we know it's going to become, a, that sets it on a path to become a separate thing, but tied to Judaism, as we're still tied to Judaism. And they want to hear what's going on. They've heard of this sect, and they haven't heard anything bad about Paul, it says. They knew at one time he was persecuting for the Jews, and then he started preaching for this Jesus. And so they want to know what it's all about. And they meet with him. It says morning to night. And they're speaking from the Hebrew Scriptures, which it says they, they, they go from the... Um, it says they, they preach from, from Moses and, and, and the prophets, which means our Old Testament. And remember, that's their Bible. He's speaking to the Jewish people. He's speaking out of their scripture saying, Jesus has come to fulfill, not to overturn, not to do away with, but to fulfill what's being taught about here in your scriptures. He's not like saying this is something new. He's not rewriting. He's saying this is your scriptures. This is what he's talking about. And so Paul talks about it and uses this, their words to tell them and try to explain how Jesus was from God and how he became flesh, is God, became flesh, fully human, fully God in a way that we can't really understand, fully God and fully human and came to die for the punishment of our sins. Be raised again. And is now sitting on the right hand of God. Intercessing on our behalf. And 
And as he continues to preach the message of Jesus from his prison home, some believe. Of course, others don't. And in this Jewish groups, they begin to argue with each other and they slowly break up. And before they leave, Paul quotes from Isaiah chapter 6. The call of Isaiah. And he says, go to this people and you will be keep on hearing but never understanding. You will be keep on seeing, you will never perceiving. For the hearts of this people have become dull and their eyes and their ears they have heard with difficulty and they have shut their eyes lest their eye lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts what he's saying that is your eye your ears have become calloused your eyes have been become where they don't see. Your hearts have become dull. And we know that it is preordained, Paul tells us, preordained for this message to be sent to the Gentiles. And so as the Jews become unhearing, the Gentiles become hearers. And they come to Christ. And as I, I read this, I think there's warning in this, isn't there? There's a warning in this. It's speaking to the religious people at this point when he says this. He's not speaking to the atheists and the, the Roman people that believe in other gods. They're speaking to the religious believers who have become hardened of heart, unhearing and unseeing. There's a warning in that. Because we're the religious people. And we run the risk. We run the risk of becoming unhearing and unseeing. We're the ones that this might speak to us. Oh, I don't want to be the one that God says you are unhearing. That you are unseeing. You did not know how to hear me. They forgot how to listen. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in our society, in religious perspectives, as we become, uh, we lose the journey. Let me, let me put that in another way. The Bible, as we know it, is Jewish meditation literature. That's how it's written, on purpose. Which means you're supposed to meditate on it. You're supposed to wrestle with it. You're supposed to have questions. You're supposed to say, I don't understand this. Asking those questions is part of the journey. We're supposed to say, well, I see it from this point of view. I'm from New Mexico looking at it from a... American point of view, I speak English, and then I meet someone from Korea who has different language, different points of view, different outlooks. They're not, you know, they don't have the same kind of 
outlook on life than I have. Different, And they say, well, I see this passage this way. And we have to say, wow, I've never thought of it that way because that's part of how we wrestle with it. And there's contradictions, and we can't say, well, there's no contradictions. There's contradictions in the Bible, and we have to be okay with that. The writers were, they knew about them. But see, in meditation literature, as it's written, that's okay because you're supposed to be wrestling with these ideas. You're supposed to be asking these questions. It's not about having a one, two, three manual. It's about the journey. You guys ever see that movie Cars? Pixar. It's not so popular now, but when I, my son was little, we watched it a billion times. And um, one of the parts of the movie was talking about how the interstates, it was a movie about how the interstates took away from this town and almost killed the town. And it says, at one point it was, he says, before the interstates, the road, the journey was having a good time. And it wasn't about making good time. The scriptures is more like, it's supposed to be more like the road before the interstates. It's not about getting to a specific answer on time. It's about the journey. It's about you growing as you wrestle with the word. And you come to different perspectives. And as you look, and if you've ever come to your, you say, if you look at your scripture, your journey in the Bible, and you say, well, I've never come to a new understanding of a Bible passage, then you're the person that is talking about you, you're unhearing, you're unseeing. Because you're supposed to come to passages and say, you know what, as I've grown, I understand this in a different way. Now, that does not mean there are absolutes in the scriptures when I say this. There are absolutes in the Bible. And what's the Bible tell us? You know, Jesus is the Bible. That's the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, life. No man comes to the Father except through him. He's the litmus test. He's the sinner. That's the gospel. Good news of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, take away the punishment of our sins. That's the blessing of Jesus Christ. Now, that does not mean that we get to use other things as litmus tests. One of my personal favorites is, are you a young earther or an old earther? Because if you're an old earther, you're not a Christian. Where's the Bible say that gets to be the litmus test? That's not what the Bible says the litmus test. If you're actually looking at it in that way, you're missing all the beauty of Genesis chapter 1. Because that passage is gorgeous. But if we make it conversation with Darwin, you're missing everything it's saying. Because it's all about Jesus, God taking chaos to order. And then we have other passages where chaos descends, like the ten plagues. As God spoke ten times in Genesis 1, he has ten plagues. You're missing the beauty if you make it into a textbook. You're trying to take the, make the, the, if you try to turn the Bible into a history book or a science book or a math book, you're going to take, you, you know, you just don't wonder you're bored with it. 
Nothing will take the fun out of the Bible if you don't turn it into a textbook. Let's play this little game. How many of you guys ever read a book in high school that you hated? And then you read it later on in life, and you said, this is actually a good book. Why did I hate it? Have you been there? It's because nothing ruins a book like turning it into a textbook. And when we turn the Bible into a textbook, though you have to read it to get the right answer, it ruins the book. And you learn and use the joy of it. And when you ruin the book, guess what? Then you become unhearing, unseeing, hard-hearted, and become callous. It's my way or the highway. This is what the Bible says. Well, that is what the Bible says, but it can be interpreted in a couple different ways. That's why we have different denominations. Denominational differences can be bad, absolutely, because they divide, they can be a source of war, and they have been used. But they can also be a great joy as well. Because some people worship differently than other people worship. Same God, same primary teachings, maybe some of you have some different tertiary, secondary teachings, interpretations on some things but you got the primary things the same and what's that jesus christ but you may worship differently some of you come from church backgrounds where they're singing and dancing in the aisle and some of you come from backgrounds like you know if i went to church singing and dancing in the aisle i'm like i just want to read the bible I don't, I try to skip the music part. I'm just, that's just me. And some of you are like, I'd rather skip, you know, let's have the singing and dancing. And that's okay too. We have the different, and these different traditions and the streams of beautiful diversity leading to Jesus. And so they can be a wonderful thing. It's when we start making them wars and try to make our, our secondary, tertiary things into the primary issues that we start having wars within the denominations. And when we start having these issues, often it's because we've forgotten the love of Jesus Christ. You know, because we're supposed to be in love with Jesus Christ. We're supposed to, you know, it's, you know Christianity isn't something you do. You know, it's something you are. You go to church. You are in Jesus. You are the church. You go to the building. You are the body. And when we make it something that, that we lose that love, and all relationships, whether it be with God or with other humans, need to be refreshed sometimes. We need to remember that joy. Whether it be your marriage relationship, you need to refresh that love. You need to renew that love. Or uh, your best friend, you need to renew that relationship, you know. Or with God, we need to renew that relationship sometimes. That's part of growing up. That's part of life. That's part of growing with Him. And we need, sometimes we, love that, we lose that love and we become hard and calloused. Like the Jewish people, they had forgotten the love of God and focused on the work of God. 
And they've lost and they, they weren't hearing, they weren't seeing, they weren't, weren't seeing what God was doing. And we need to make sure we're not in there. And as I think about that, I mean, you know, one of the best ways we can do is begin to pray, right? That's often when we become hard-hearted, our prayers become about me, 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 right? Not about, it's about, not about send me, it's about bring to me. And we can ask God, right? Father God, what do you insert whatever name you find personal about God, right? Most personal. Show me where I have been deceived. Show me where I need to grow. Bring me closer to you and fill me with your love. I love you, Lord. Oh, isn't that hard sometimes to say, I love you. Grow in me as I focus on you and I seek your face. But on the flip side of that, right? And the flip side of that is that he says the Jews may not be hearing but people are. People are listening. In Acts when we first started Acts, it's been a little over a year now. Can you believe that? We started Acts a little over a year ago. It's amazing. I can't, I mean, it's gone too fast. I'm like, wow. And we've only got two more, two more Sundays in Acts. But when I first started this, I asked you guys, I said, I, I gave you a challenge. I said, the challenge was, some of you remember this, some of you don't. Witness to one more person than you did before, last year. One more person. Using the gift that God gave you, the, so that if you, your gift is mercy, then you use mercy to show God's love and, and tell them about Jesus. If your gift is teaching, then you teach and you tell them about Jesus. If your gift is giving, then you give and you tell them about Jesus. You give to service, then you serve, and you tell them about Jesus, right? Whatever that your gift is, that was the given so you could tell people about Jesus. Show them about the love of God. And I said, what's your... Has some of you reached that goal, right? Some of you reached that goal. You witnessed to one more person than you did last time. Some of you still got to witness to one. Yeah, and you didn't do you didn't even do one. So you didn't reach your goal because it was just one. <laughs> and as we work through as we see all the wonderful things that God has done through the apostles and he has he has brought his message Acts ends open because the story doesn't end it's our turn now it's our turn to take the message of jesus it's our turn 
to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to all those who will listen. And people are listening. I know that in today's society, here, especially here in the United States, where people are going, you know, people are in the world changing, there's a changing in the guard, there's a changing in philosophies, and, and people are giving up some of the older ways, and there's only like 1%, uh, 8% of the, like 1% of millennials go to church. I mean, it's, it's, the numbers are crazy. It seems like nobody's listening. But that just isn't true. What they're not doing is putting up with, excuse my language, BS. They're not saying, well, you're going to come at me with telling me I'm a sinner. All right. Well, you, in the 1800s, when I know some of you were born, <laughs> you're a sinner, meant for hell, may have worked. But it doesn't work no more. That doesn't work. Jesus didn't even come to the people that didn't know Christ that way, God that way. He went to the religious people and said, knock it off. He went to the churches and said, knock that off. But he went to the people that did not know with love, mercy, and grace. And we need to be emulating that as we go to people because they don't have time for that. Toxic behavior, junk, yelling at me, beating me down. We don't have time for that. What they want is they're listening if you will show them love, the love of God. But too many people have been hurt by the very people that are supposed to be showing them love. Because they weren't showing the love of God. And so it's no wonder people don't want to go to church. Well, I've been hurt by the church. I don't want to be with the people that are all judgmental. Who does? Most of you are thinking, I don't want to be here because all the people are judgmental. <laughs> and that's the truth. But they will come. If you will go to them in love, not in tolerance for bad behavior, that's inappropriate behavior in love the love of Christ they are listening and not just listening they're hungry for the love of Christ they need the love of Christ and yes some people will never listen but here, let me, let, me, let me ask you this question. If you go to someone and you tell them about Jesus using the gift in the special way that God has given you that gift to use, manifested in that special way, and we're going to talk about spiritual gifts after we finish Acts, and they accept Christ, you will begin one of the, beginning, the, the most amazing journeys of your life. It's a wonderful experience. But it's not just about getting them across the finish, the, that, that Christ line, right? That's just the starting line. It's about discipleship. So you, now you get to go this journey with saying, hey, you know what? Let's do Bibles. Let's grow together. Let's, let's you know what? If you walk the way I walk, we're, and we've got to live this way, right? If you walk with me, we're going to be walking the way of Christ, even if we screw up, because I'm going to show you how to repent the way Christ will want us to repent. 
And so we get to begin this journey of walking together and being in each other's lives and, and, t- and see a lot of people. There was a lot of, uh, in, in the past, there has been a lot of, let's get them across that salvation line and just dump them over there. Kick them across the line and leave them there. And we have a lot of people that, well, why should I go to church if I'm, I'm across the finish line? I'm across the finish line because I saw that as a finish line. That's the starting line. And we let them think that was the finish line. We taught that there was the finish line. That's the starting line. Discipleship. And you begin to begin one of the amazing journeys that you'll ever experience. You're a winner. Now, okay, you tell someone about Jesus Christ in the most amazing way that you know how, even if you're stumbling over it because your gift isn't evangelism. Some of you are evangelists. Some of you are called to evangelize even though your gift is not evangelism. We'll talk about that when we talk about the spiritual gifts. Now, you tell them about Christ, and they say, well, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to have this conversation with you anymore. I just don't feel comfortable. You know what? I don't even think about that kind of stuff. Did you lose that conversation? No. You won because you did your part. Now, someone comes up to you and says, you know what? I'm an atheist. I believe there is no God. You're a liar, you're full of it, you're delusional, and I want nothing to do with you ever again. Did you lose that conversation? No, you did your job. You're still winning. There are some that will never listen, but people want to hear the message of Jesus. They want to hear not just about how either a sinner, they want to hear about the love of God. They want to hear it. You know, Nietzsche said, uh, God is dead and we killed him. And so we made other things are gods, right? Like science. Well, that's not working. Let's try atheism. That's not working. How about humanism? That's not working. Uh, let's, let's make aliens our gods now. Just go watch TV. It's out there. A lot of it. Why? Because they're looking. They're listening. The question is, are we telling them? Are we not just telling them, are we showing them? Are we showing them with our lifestyles? Are we showing them with our gifts that God had given us so that we show them the love of Christ? Are we leading them to the place where they are ready to start the journey? It's our responsibility. Who wants who love and why do we love? Because we were first loved. As ones who love, it's our responsibility to show them show them the grace mercy and truth of jesus christ so i I think what's our next steps as we go through this well obviously the next step is there are people that are listening are you going to go tell them Maybe you come to here today because you're seeking. You know, uh, I applaud people that seek Christ on their own, and I'm so glad you did. If you're here, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
it's all about believing your heart, confessing with your mouth, believing with the, the very all that you are that Jesus is God and rose from the dead and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. But you know that you guys come here and find out what about the Jesus, that's unbiblical. The Bible doesn't say, well, open a building and then let people come to you. What's the Bible say? Go. Go and seek. It says seek them. Seek the lost. Go and make disciples. There's action on our part. We have to be out there. Gathering on Sunday is fantastic, and I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad you guys tithe because it allows me to stay in a house. I'm so glad you guys are uh, gathering for discipleship as we have uh, our different Bible study classes, and we have our, our Tuesday night lessons, and we have all, all our other stuff. I'm so glad you guys are here. And we're so glad for fellowship, we're glad for discipleship, and iron meets iron, and, and so wonderful. But if all you're doing is consuming, then you're not doing the very tenets of what the Bible says, which was, go. Using the gifts that he says. So if you, your gift is, and like I said, we're going to do uh, spiritual gifts here in a, uh, after we finish uh, Acts, two more weeks in Acts. If you got a uh, spiritual gift of mercy, you know what? You're going to use mercy, and you're going to say, well, why are you showing me mercy? Because of Jesus. Your gift of service, well, why are you, why are you doing this? Because of Jesus. I'm giving, well, I see you need. My gift is giving. Um, I see you need, I'm going to give. Well, guess why? Because of Jesus. It's through the gifts. He's, he gave them to you for a reason to manifest. And so maybe you're, are you going? Will you go? Of course, we also have to say, maybe I'm the one who's hardened hearted. Maybe I'm the one who's not listening. And we have to, and this is something we have to reevaluate. Am I listening? Am I hardened? You know, some, some ways you can say, well, maybe I'm that way is if you're, it's my way or the highway. Um, I've never been surprised by the Bible. I find the scriptures boring. Um, I don't think I can learn anything other than what I already know. You know, these kind of attitudes... Not just these kind of attitudes are good symbols that we're not hearing. My prayers are all give me, give me, give me. Instead of taking time to listen. And how does God speak to us primarily? Is it through a magic voice that we hear in the sky? No, it's through the scriptures. So as we think about our next steps, it's, it's, am I going, have I accepted Christ, am I going, and, or am I the hard-hearted one? You know, when we sit in our pews, we become hard-hearted, and if we're not going, you know? So am I going? Will you go and show love? You got two more weeks before we finish Acts. How many of you guys can get that one person in before then? 
Now, I got that challenge for you. That's one more person. And if you've already done your one, well, guess what? I guarantee there's one more. <laughs> I applaud you, though, for getting your one. So who's your one? Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful blessing that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that you just give us the ability to be focused on you, empty our hearts out. We want to be humble before you. We want to be, renew our joy for you. We want to be more in love with you. We want to be engulfed in you, Lord. I know that we can't all spend hours and hours on study but Lord, I pray that we, we can spend just that little bit of time to, so you can speak to us. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you just, um, just gift us with the ability to just listen to you and, and hear you and become humble in heart. But also, Lord, I pray that you just give us a passion to use the gifts you've given us to go get that one more. Lord, we know that you are the victors no matter, as long as we do what we've told, you're, you're the victor. And so, Lord, I pray that you, we not be discouraged in a world that seems like they're not hearing. Lord, let us not condemn, but show your love, your mercy, and your grace as we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.